Welcome back to Seeking Rents, the podcast. This is going to be just another uh, quick hit update from the Florida legislature's 2024 session after what was day eight of the 60-day session. Um, there was uh, quite a bit going on in the Florida Capitol today. Uh, the, the legislature was basically out of town for a three-day weekend because of Martin Luther King Day. Um so we're going to try and touch a bunch of bases here uh, really quickly. But if you want to read more about these bills or others in more depth, uh, please don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Easiest way to find us, seekingrentsfl.com. Okay. And so let's start with uh, what for my money is might be the most nakedly protectionist bill of this entire entire session. This is a, a provision that's tucked inside a large uh, agricultural package. The the bill number in this, that advanced today is Senate Bill 1084. And it would ban the production or sale of lab-grown meat in Florida. Now, this is like a, a brand new industry. It doesn't even really exist yet in any sort of accessible way. But it's a it, it, you're basically taking animal cells and you growing them in a lab into cuts of meat. Um, I think there might be one or two restaurants in the country that are serving this stuff on a test basis. There's definitely one in D.C. Um, there's a who, who knows how this industry will grow or evolve. But, you know, there's a bunch of reasons to be interested in, it, not the least of which, you know, if it could reduce the need for the need for uh, industrial cattle farming, that would be good for climate change. It'd be good for the environment. Um and also be good for folks who just don't want to kill animals, uh, you know. Um, but this bill would make it illegal to buy or sell or, or to, I'm sorry, produce, manufacture or sell lab-grown meat in Florida. Um, this is a, clearly a protectionist bill meant to support, meant to defend the existing meat industries from competition. And sure enough, one of the organizations that testified in support of it was the Florida Poultry Federation. Uh, another big ag bill that moved today, um, one that is actually, for my money, a pretty good bill, is Senate Bill 1082. And what this would do is basically make it easier for farming companies to build housing for migrant farm workers. Um, this is uh, this is becoming a real challenge, particularly as uh, the climate around immigration gets increasingly sort of polarized and 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 uh, hostile in some quarters. Uh, you know, I'm from, I've mentioned I'm from Orlando. We had an issue just uh, a year or two ago where a farm in Lake County, one of the the rural areas just outside of, just outside of Metro Orlando was trying to, where a farm was trying to build housing for farm workers and uh, the local community, which was sort of very conservative, uh, really push pressed their local county commissioners to block that construction of that housing. This bill would essentially, um, make it harder for cities and counties to prohibit uh, farms from building uh, housing for their own workers. Um, it's the sort of thing, you know, the, I, I think the bill sponsor said in Hillsborough County alone, that's where Tampa is. They're looking at a 5,000 worker shortage in the agriculture industry out there, partially because folks can't find housing. Um, you know, on the flip side, a what what I think a lot of folks would agree is a very bad preemption uh, was Senate Bill one one two six eleven twenty six. This bill essentially cements in place a longstanding uh, preemption, basically that that prevents communities across Florida from doing anything to regulate plastic bags, plastic bottles. Um, styrofoam uh styrofoam food containers plastic cups uh it, it essentially ties communities hands 
on any of that stuff, even though, you know, the there is growing evidence about all of the different environmental problems uh, these these single use plastics cause. Um, the the more the as I said, this stuff is already actually preempted. This kind of just cements it in place even more. Um, the the real issue here is that the the state of Florida continues to do nothing at all itself. Right. The the idea for a preemption, if you're if you're going to use it in sort of an appropriate way, is you say we don't want to we don't want patchworks of regulation. So the you know the restaurant industry doesn't want you know one community saying no uh, no plastic no no styrofoam hamburger clamshells, but another one allowing it. Or you know Publix doesn't want some counties saying no plastic bags and other communities being okay with it. But then the state itself should step up and come up with a unified system of regulation. You know a unified standard that tries to eliminate some of these environmental problems caused by these single-use plastics, the state of Florida consistently refuses to do that. What's, what's sort of wild about this is the legislature actually ordered uh, its Department of Environmental Protection, part of the DeSantis administration, to study this issue again just a couple of years ago. And even, even the DeSantis administration came back to the legislature and said, you know, you probably ought to look at a some sort of statewide standard. Even most businesses kind of think they're we need to be doing something about this. But nope, legislature's not going to do it. They're just going to make sure that Local governments can't do anything at all about this stuff either. Um, okay, going even more quicker. Like I said, there was a, a number of a number of bills today. One of the one of the just worst ones and like utterly indefensible from a policy standpoint is a two hundred million dollar property tax break for the timeshare industry. We we've written about this in the past, and we're probably going to write about it again soon. But um, you know, just just say that. The, the folks pushing this bill keep claiming that they're trying to help individual timeshare owners who have bought properties that end up being worthless because, you know, hey, guess what? Don't buy timeshares. Um, but the, the problem is that the help they're trying to provide ends up doing a lot more for timeshare developers, the folks selling this stuff. You know, they're essentially creating a tax break that they say is for the individual time timeshare owner, but ends up saving like exponentially more money for the big timeshare developers. If you want to help people who mistake, you know, regret buying their timeshare, there are ways to do it. This is not it. Like I said, we'll have more on that on the on the newsletter at some point. Um, and then one other to flag for you is just what what appears to be like a wild, a wild bill that would make it essentially give give police officers more freedom to engage in brutality. Now, I, I'm not a criminal justice law expert, but but this bill seems wild. Among other things, it would stop people. It would it would prevent people from defending themselves, even when a police officer is arresting or stopping them illegally. And 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 I get that there's some issues there with you know uncertainty of you know if, if you think a police officer is is arresting you illegally, the the venue to to fight that out to to use the poor term in this case, but it's probably court, not not right there in the moment. But then the bill also essentially would make it easier for cops to get away from using force on people, from shooting people, even when they shoot the person while making an arrest that the cop himself or herself knows is illegal. That just, again, not a criminal justice guy myself, but that seems crazy. Uh, and And you pair that with the fact that there are bills already starting to already flying through the legislature this year that would make it harder for communities to investigate allegations of police brutality or to discipline officers who are, con, are confirmed to have uh, engaged in brutality. Um, anyway, that that bill, you know, 
it got a lot of intense questioning today. And I'm going to say this, this might actually be too crazy even for the Florida legislature. That bill, if you want to read it, is Senate Bill 1092. And then the, the last thing we'll talk about today, I, I didn't do an update after uh, Thursday of last week, which was sort of the last working day of the legislature last week. So I just want to flag one bill. We've also written about this one, and I'm sure we'll be writing about it more. This is House Bill 433, one of the more anti-worker bills we've seen come through the legislature in a long time. This bill would do uh, three things. First of all, it would dissolve all local living wage laws. These are these are wages that require government contractors, companies profiting off government contracts to pay their workers slightly more than the, the statewide minimum wage. The, these living wage laws are in a bunch of places, particularly in South Florida and some of the other urban centers like Tampa, also in Gainesville. Um, but House Bill 40, 433 would uh, would erase them entirely and allow government contractors in those those cities to pay their workers less money. This bill would also prohibit cities and counties from passing any kind of local laws that would require businesses to provide better benefits to their workers. Now, just to give you an, uh, a sense of the scale of this, Florida law already prohibits uh, local governments from passing laws that require businesses to provide any kind of benefits of value. Uh, this is a legacy actually out of out of Orlando, where there was a push locally to require large employers to provide paid sick time. And the region's largest employers, namely Disney, Universal, and Darden, the parent company of Olive Garden and Longhorn Steakhouse, went run into the Florida legislature and they got them to pass a law that dissolved that and said, no, no, no city or county can pass any kind of law like that. You can't make a company provide any even minimum levels of sick time or family leave or anything like that. This bill would expand that even further to anything that might affect the terms and conditions of employment. And what this is really meant to stop are a lot of places in other countries are trying to help hourly workers who get jerked around from week to week with uh, with like totally erratic schedules where they, they have no idea if they're going to work two hours or 40 hours one week from one week to the next. Um, so a lot of communities are starting to pass these, they call them fair work week laws. This bill would prevent any fair work week laws from ever being passed by any community in Florida. And the third thing this would do, as if, as if that wasn't enough, um, this bill would also prevent cities and counties from requiring businesses who have uh, workers working outside in extreme heat. So you're talking particularly here about agricultural companies with farm workers or home builders and other construction companies with construction crews working out in, you know, in August, Florida heat. This bill would prevent communities from making those companies provide just basic heat protections to their workers. Like we are talking the most fundamental stuff, access to cool drinking water, shaded breaks in, in shade cover, that sort of thing. Um, this bill would not only uh, prevent cities and counties from requiring heat protect from passing heat protection ordinances themselves, it would, much like that plastic stuff we were just talking about earlier. It would also not do a thing at the statewide level to guarantee even these basic protections for, for outdoor workers in extreme heat. That bill, again, is House Bill 433. And the last thing I'll say about it is, you know, one of the more interesting questions of the, the Florida legislature this year is, is kind of who's the boss of Tallahassee with Ron DeSantis basically sidelined, right? He's off running his presidential campaign for however many more days that will last. But with him away, who sort of who sort of takes over as as the person calling the shots and and when you sort of watch a bill like this just get like muscled through a committee despite like intense opposition to it from you know activists and even, even a lot of lawmakers don't like it um 
you realize, oh, the meet the new boss, same as the old boss, you know, and and just let me read you a list of the folks that testified in support of House Bill 433, the Florida Farm Bureau, the Florida Home Builders Association, the Florida Fruit and Vegetable Association, Associated Builders and Contractors of Florida, the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association, the Florida Retail Federation, the Florida Chamber of Commerce, Associated Industries of Florida. You're basically talking about the entire unified business lobby is pushing this this just grotesquely anti-worker bill through Tallahassee. Um, it has not yet started to move in the Senate, although there is a bill filed, so that'll probably be where this this battle is fought or won or lost this year. Okay, uh, that's going to wrap it up for for today's quick hit update. That's probably already a bit longer than I intended to go anyway. Um, as I said before, if you haven't already, please consider signing up for a subscription. Uh, all of our stories are are freely available. They're never behind a paywall. Subscriptions are free. There is an option uh, to do a voluntary paid subscription if you can afford it. If that is something you can afford, please do consider it. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.